Gentlemen, start your engine! Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, Radio Hotler. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry, boy, look at the technical goodies. Radio Hotler. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Cicadas are noisy tonight. They are, very noisy. They sound like car alarms almost. That bat, that starter mode is going to fail in a minute. <laughs> Just did. <dead. laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Righto, so we're away. G'day viewers. Oh, what about the 54321? Well, <laughs> well, we can't do a show without a countdown. Sunk. Cut. You're practicing, aren't you? Un. Un. Zero. G'day, viewers. Welcome to episode 114 of that zany podcast, Radio Hot Lap, where we look at motorsport, both, both local and international, in a light-hearted way. In a very light-hearted way. Gadgets and emerging technologies and barbecues. Hello, Johnny. Hello, JP. How are you? Welcome to the show. Good, thanks. Good. Um, unusual that we had to change venues uh, from one pub up the road, uh, the Colonist, yes, um, to the Alma, uh, because you were. Well, we couldn't get a drink. <laughs> you only stood there for 15 minutes. I know. While she was doing her nails. Yeah. And while the guy out the front was taking all those food orders and totally ignoring us, so um, we just uh, walked down the road, and here we are at the sunny Alma. Where it's they, not sunny at all, it's dark. Where we do believe are the best steaks lurk. We do. The best steaks in Adelaide. I mean, that's a, that's that a bit of a call. So we have far. talked about it before. We haven't been to the Royal lately upstairs. We which haven't. Is, You're which right. Is a bit more swish. 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 <laughs> than the Alma. Because there's a few bogans inside there about to play poker. And uh, we've had colourful language. We have had colourful language and um, they're all, uh, considering it's a Monday night, which is unusual for us. They're overly colourful. They're, they're overly colourful for a Monday night. They've either had a quiet weekend or they do this every night. Well, uh, we're sitting outside under the heater here. Uh, it's hard to read the notes. It is very hard to read the notes, but there you go. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. What are you drinking anyway? Well, I'm having a, uh, a Langmeal uh, Shiraz Viognier. Thank you very much. No, it's not Viognier. It's Shiraz Grenache. Thank God for that. Yeah, you don't like I hate Vionia. That's right, exactly. Why do they keep putting it in things? Someone, <laughs> someone's got to drink. Someone's got to drink it. I suppose. You know, someone loves that person. Someone must. Someone. They're someone's daughter. <laughs> Where are we going now? Great. I'm having a Ted. Thanks, Johnny. Oh, good on you. Yeah, no worries. Oh, back to me. Cheers. Yeah. All right then. <laughs> the so, uh, bit of bit of news, bit of local news. Uh, of course, there's been a lot of tragedy on the road here in South Australia in the last um, month or so, an inordinate amount. Absolutely. And last night a girl was caught uh, travelling at 180 kilometres an hour up the parade in Norwood. <laughs> and, then, and then another guy was caught at almost 190 kilometres an hour on a freeway. And then you're going to have us you going on the way And out. he was 23 years old. I it's mean, just, they don't just don't get it. Learn. They don't get it, honestly. You know, I went down, and I'll get—I'll touch on this later on. The reason that I went down to Victor Harbour yesterday, but on the way back, we've had all this—you know—doom, gloom, accidents, nasty things happening. 
the youngsters need to learn, pea platers aren't doing the right thing, rah 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 rah. Coming down Wollonga Hill, I'm doing 110 in a 100 zone, touching the brakes to keep back down to 105, 100. And I've suddenly, out of nowhere, I've got this Ford U up my ass, and I pulled over into the, you know, because I was overtaking someone at the time, pulled over in the left hand lane. Mate, he went past me like a cut snake, pea plate in a U with the girlfriend sat next to him and the next overtaking opportunity there he was woof off around about five more cars they just don't learn but they don't watch the news though no they don't you're right they don't watch the news and they don't read the newspapers and so they don't know about what's going on around them really so you so you youngsters like try and slow down and uh, live a little bit longer because the place to race is on the racetrack exactly it certainly is and have we had some good racing on the racetrack in the last few in the last two weeks really since we we did the last show we really have let's go back to the most recent uh, events because they usually front of mind v8 supercars down in tasmania the, the shortest circuit and the chewiest circuit (laughs) <laughs> and it wasn't a lot of grip on those option tyres for some of those drives coming out, coming out after the after the pit stop, was there? Turn, no turn left warmers. there and it was ka Oh, no, Absolutely. it keeps, keeps the cost down. Yep. Um, and it would only be a, a you know, status quo to sort of drive to the conditions, isn't it? Well, it is, and I thought it was very interesting the way that those, those soft option tyres didn't really make a huge amount of difference at that track. You know, I mean... Previously, when they used them uh, three weeks ago, was it? Um, you were talking maybe a couple of seconds a lap, and here they were lucky to get a second a lap out of them. So, um, yeah, not, not a lot of advantage gained by using those in uh, Simmons planes. Yeah, it seemed not to be. And it's a bit hard to make head or tail of the weekend myself. I, um, you know, was, uh, and I must say, I'm very disappointed to see once again the uh, motorsport in this country is this state shuffled off for the uh, the regular well autonomy. I was going to touch on that a bit later well, on well, the reason for my trip to Victor Harbour so um, why because you get to watch it down there no because I was really cranky the reason was next week's a long weekend and I wanted to catch up with my mum and my sister I haven't seen them for quite a few weeks now and uh, Laney and I decided long weekend going down to Victor's not a good idea so we'll nick down on Sunday but instead of going down for lunch, we'll go down for breakfast so that I don't miss the motor racing in the afternoon. So there I am. We've got it all organised. Yeah, we're coming down. We'll be there at about 10. Da, 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 da. That'll give me time to get back home before the motor racing starts. Check the newspaper on Saturday night and the motor racing shuffled till 10.30 Sunday night. I could have been down there all day. In the morning. Yeah, how ridiculous is that? And Channel 7, while I'm having a bitch, <laughs> you've got an HD channel just like Channel 10 does. What was on your HD channel yesterday? Virtually nothing. Oh, no. It was a waste of space. There was a, a sh- I'll repeat of a show with Alan Seal. Yeah, well, it was aphids. Okay. What there was, it wasn't motor racing. And so once again, we've been dudded by the footy. And it's just not good enough. We've been dudded by seven. Well, we have. And anyway, they promised they wouldn't. But jam. it's not like that. It's not like they tell lies, those people. Well, no, they don't tell us. Oh, but this is the only time this year it's going to happen, supposedly, until the next time, of course. However, it's sort of, uh, it was worth watching uh, in mm. the end, and it was, it was some interesting stuff there. But, uh, mate, what do you make of it? I, you know, I, I, I was inconclusive about why people were fast one day and not fast the next day. and Yeah, and how Russell got up to second on the, on the Saturday, and um, the Saturday racing was particularly good. Plus, it was on at a reasonable time during the afternoon. Um, 
but Holden's, you know, Holden's finally got up there um, and had like I think they were they top three or four in the in the first race. Um, so I thought that was fantastic, and then suddenly here we are, Vodafone's back in front on uh, race two on the second on yesterday on the 200 kilometer race. So. To me, the highlight of the weekend was Mark Larkham's um, analysis of the hairpin corner. Um, and, um, was that at the beginning of the coverage last night? Yeah, where he uh, didn't see that. Where, where, he's, where he's got the magnetic cars, but he's put a bit of WD-40 on the magnet of Scapey's car, so it fell off the board. <laughs> I thought that was a bit of a crack-up. So yeah. like, I'll, I'll give Channel 7 this, and at least the commentary team's got a bit of humour going there. Oh, they definitely and, have. You know, I think Scapey's really coming yeah, on he's now. Got, he's he's yeah, slinging yeah. in a few little snide he remarks a cold, here. He must have been sounded right. terrible. Yeah. But he oh, was, funny. I wasn't ready for that. I'm going to get him. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Good coverage. So, the um, results for the weekend, well, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's it's one of those up and down all over the place jobs, really. So, I think, you know, you, you're not really going to draw any accurate conclusions from what went on like, on the weekend. Seems like there's uh, still an ongoing shit fight there with uh, the, the Splittergate uh, scenario yes. and, uh, and, and the teams. But, well, you know, not necessarily quite rightly so, but... Sort of, I suppose, a little bit understandable that um, they felt that he probably didn't act as fast as he could have because he's sort of in the Triple Eight camp. And you know, I, you know, the little that I've had to do with, with Campbell, he says he's been he's been an okay bloke. He's certainly very knowledgeable, but perhaps it's not. You know, it's going to be difficult to have someone who's uh, independent. Well, it is to have after, after a relationship like that. Yeah, yeah, but. I don't know. I mean, he knows he's got a job to do, and he knows all the eyes are going to be on him. So he wouldn't he wouldn't blatantly ignore the rules or bend the rules to suit the team. I, you know, I, I think that's anybody who thinks that's just kidding themselves. Tax time's coming up. Tax time is coming but up. Not for Helio Castroneves, who's gone to win his no. third Indian five hundred yep. from pole. Um, and putting all the, uh, the troublesome, the, the final charges behind him. That, that's a fairy tale no, story, isn't it? It is an absolute fairy tale story. With uh, Dan Weldon second and Danica Patrick with the best result for a female in Ever. third. Yes. And um, Will Power in fifth or sixth, I think. Yep, which was a great result for him, no doubt about that. Um, yeah, Castronovas was just absolutely amazing. Castronovas. It's <laughs> my Tommy accent. Castronovas. Nevis, Novus, Nuvis, Nuber, Nuvus. He was driving like he was being pursued by the IRS. Well, he wasn't. He'd so given them the IRS. He had indeed. <laughs> now, last weekend, of course, we had the uh, Monaco Grand Prix. Oh, of course. Which we which we hadn't covered uh, because we didn't do a show last week because I was away opening supermarkets again. Um, <laughs> you were. Hey, let me tell you, I've got a few people very keen who want to come down and see you cut that ribbon. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Can we sell tickets? Well, I think so. They were going, why is he opening supermarkets? It's a huge demand from him down there. He's there very, is. very popular. That's right. You know, basically has enabled the creativity of the whole southeast of uh, South Australia. Um, you know, Mount Gambier and uh, basically there'd be no arts down there without you, JP. Well, they wouldn't, that's right. I mean, how would they, now that all the, the supermarkets have become self-sufficient and uh, almost franchises, it's up to them to print their own, uh, you know, stockings as such and, <laughs> and little price cards and be, by switching them to Macintosh away from the PC, it's just, no wonder you have... Uh, They're just booming. There's no doubt about it. That's Absolutely right. booming. And uh, now, as usual, down there at Commodore Hotel yes. and uh, have the um, at, at the roundabout 
good old, roundabout. Good old steak, and uh, as usual, might add the, uh, the surf, surfy seafoods on the side. Yeah, well, the surfy seafood was on the side, but I actually uh, broke with tradition last week and just went for the uh, for the King George Whiting. You had the seafood before dinner. I had the seafood, but no steak. So how was that? It's just a, it was a bit hurried because I was late arriving on Tuesday night. So uh, there we go. But a very nice meal. Saw Evan and the crew down there. And interestingly, Evan was telling me that uh, he's got a trip booked to the US. He couldn't wait to show me the car he's going to be driving around there, which is a great big Corvette of some description or the other that's only costing him and his mate. I don't know, about three grand for the time that they're over there. But well, they're they can't sell them, can they? <laughs> well, they can't, true. And they're going to watch a couple of NASCAR races. And, uh, yeah, so we had quite an interesting chat. So if you're listening, Evan, I know you do listen. G'day, how are you? G'day, Evan. And, uh, yeah, so it was good, good down in Mount Gambier. And then, of course, Hef and I went off to Melbourne on Thursday to see the Pack Print exhibition. I was going to come along with you, but, uh, yeah, too many things to do uh, at home. Uh, at uh, the world headquarters. You did because you're getting ready to go on the big trip. I am going on the big trip, um, the yearly uh, soiree. Um, but uh, as it turned out, for me, probably was uh, well not worth going to the uh, the print expo at Jeff's Shed in Melbourne. Wait, 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 what did you see? And where's the motorsport application? Did you, anything good? There were, it was more the, the whole year this year was all about progression rather than revolution. And oh, you said like Scopey. The Evolution, best, not revolution. Well, yeah, well, exactly. Um, but the, the biggest thing was that, like, honestly, any, any printer there that attended this weekend or any graphic designer or whatever who hasn't got a thumping great bloody inkjet printer that can print on anything that's up to about three quarters of an inch thick and is UV cured, well, obviously their life's just not worth living. Because that's about all there was of any major interest. And there were some, you know, a few new developments in direct-to-plate technology and some other technologies that were were quite handy, but But nothing nothing special. You know, when you consider the usefulness of these wide-format printers these days, it probably makes a lot of sense for teams to consider buying, uh, you know, a a 50 or 60-inch unit in there to be able to to, uh, print out their... Print um, wrap. The, the wrap, not for the trucks, but for their for their um, pit bacon side. Yeah, well, they can do that, but they can also do the trucks if they want. I mean, there was a lot of there was a lot of stuff there definitely that was print and wrap stuff, and uh, you know that that was probably one of the buzzwords was wrapping wrapping vehicles. What and, was the widest wrapping. format you saw then? Uh, so oh, then, mate, it, there was one that was well, it was doing these huge advertising banners in like two passes. But how do you apply it? Look, it's all very good, but, you know, we've tried to put tiny stickers on things and they end up getting bubbled. How the hell do they get them on? Uh, I think they just basically whack up a load of... Um, uh, they lube up the truck, do they? Yeah, they, they, it's, it's just water and detergent. And then the water makes a, makes a barrier and that stops all the bubbles. And then you just have to wait that time while it all dries out from underneath and the adhesive starts to stick. So a bit like a... a hand device that you would use to clean your windscreen at the Yeah, car. like a squeegee or something like, like that. Just squeegee and all really that. Wide, but it would be, it'd be a bit tough because the sides of these trucks, they're not completely smooth, are they? No, they're not. And there's, you can see that, you know, I mean, there was a big truck there actually from Curry & Co. Oh, was it Curry & Co.? One of the big printing companies anyway. And they actually had their truck inside it of Jeff's It wasn't Chinese. Shed. No, and it was, it was all wrapped up with all, all their advertising and everything around the outside. And apparently this truck drives all the way around Australia doing shows at different different printing establishments and it did look schmick it really really did so yeah so there's a lot the of truck applications gets up and dances does it does indeed oh, right. interesting so animation was dancing on the with the trucks as well. 
<laughs> anyway, we started off talking about Monaco Grand Prix, can you believe? And we got right off tangent there and ended up with trucks at pack print. Well, what did you think? I mean, I think Jensen Button's a bit of a bit of a favourite for everybody. Oh, I think he is too. I mean, the Poms are all absolutely he's a ecstatic. Happy bloke. He's never ever never heard him ever say a mean word about anybody ever no, even before. He's, he's really and he's comfort. not a whinger, no. which is nice. He's not a shaver either. <laughs> no, that's very true. <laughs> Definitely not a shaver. You think he should so, be getting a bit of Gillette money? <laughs> yeah, I think he should too. So he, no, he did very very well. Um, there's no doubt about that. And you double the points uh, of. Uh, of Braun, well, Braun has yes. double the points almost um, of the next team, whoever yep. they might be, Red Bull, I suppose. Red Bull, yeah. Uh, in manufacturers, it's, it's going to be hard work for them to, to to claw back from. Oh well, it will because I mean you've got to look at the fact too that you've got Rubens as second, so you've got a one-two again for Braun, and then finally Ferrari actually snuck into a third spot, first podium of the season for them. Um, which is, you know, I suppose they'd be pretty happy about that. It sort of augurs quite well now that maybe we're back up with it. Um, disappointing again for uh, for Williams, uh, and disappointing, very disappointing for McLaren. As we previewed before uh, Monaco, where we had the uh, that interview with, with Kimi Räikkönen, um, we managed to get a hold of him just after the uh, after the race <laughs> to see what he had to say uh, before he shot off to the to the glass chalet. And uh, here, well, here it is. Yes, well, those very good drives and then slow scouts. So put the vodka, put lime, and put in the grass casts club. Uh, but I uh, think it'll be doing well for, for later on in the season. But uh, you never know like, what happens. Very good. And I thought it was good of him to make the time. It was. I thought it was excellent of him to make the time for that too. <laughs> he did it very well. Wait, in fact, he, probably pronounced, he was probably louder then than I've heard him for ages. Don't start that joke. <laughs> Not that joke. Look, I'm going to put it on pause, Chapey, while okay. I go and get a drink for us both. That sounds fair. Got your drink there, Chapey? Yes, thank you, mate. Well done. Uh, what else was it? It was a busy weekend, not it only was. Monaco and um, the Inni, but the Nürburgring. 24 hour yes which was one one for the third year in a row by um the manthe racing uh porsche from count over and uh mark lee but our friend pierre kaffa came second in the in the, the in the r8 lms which is with, a very good result for him tony quinn clark quinn yep. graham denier and craig baird in 11th very good effort uh, also on top of that i think rick shaw 75th yep. and um I don't know. Don't know the rest. Didn't no. So that was all pretty good. It was. It was a, it was a great result for them, I reckon. Williams, and uh, Williams, the Formula One team, has um, put their entry in for the 2010 championship unconditionally before May 29, which was the deadline. Deadline. Yep. Uh, and in, and in so doing, has incurred the wrath of the Formula One Teams Association and the other nine teams who have thrown Williams out of the photo because they have said well we wanted to stick together and we want to keep pressuring uh, you know the FIA to um, two categories categories and we don't want some of them don't want the rule changes it's just very hard it's very hard to um, to determine and I must say uh, there was someone who'd written into auto action thanks AA for sending us the, the, the stuff and I thought it was a really, it was the good letter of the week, and they awarded it because he went, look, I wanted to watch some car racing, not about politics. It's just, yeah, exactly. it's so yeah. out of control. And, 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 and Lewis Hamilton said the same thing. Yes. 
ironically, a few days later, all the other teams have joined the show, <laughs> um, but under conditions, sort of like saying, look, we need to, we need to fix this, this, that, and the other thing. I have a feeling that this will come back round to Frank Williams, so Frank will be rewarded for his, his, his patriotism towards the Formula One Championship, citing. I'd like that's to what hope we, so. That's what we do as that's what we do as a business. That's exactly. what we do as a business. Only drive racing cars in Formula One championships. We don't build cars like McLaren. We don't make drinks like Red Bull. <laughs> we don't make road cars like BMW or, or, or computers like Hewlett Packard and Intel. We just basically so it's a race team. That's it. That's our heritage. And that's it. Yeah, you're right. And so go on. But that's it. That's it. So but now, good on Sir Frank. Um, but you have to wonder too that whether the the proposed cap could possibly work for them in view of their lack of results in the last couple of years, and um, you know that that may help them across the line if they fall into you know uh, lack of sponsors next year. So he may be thinking a little bit ahead, or perhaps turn to to bowls. <laughs> bowls. Half <laughs> the cap don't fit it. The Williams bowling team. You heard it here first, viewers. Bowlers. <laughs> now I'm going to tell you, viewers, a little uh, culinary secret. Uh-oh. How to make the perfect chip. The perfect chip? The chip. Now you might think... The humble chip. The humble chip is tough to make, but... Or but. rather easy to make. What am I on about? I'm dyslexic. I don't know. Or just lexic. <laughs> or just lax. But I've recently learnt, having paid attention to some, some interesting shows, how to make the perfect chip. And I must say, since none of you would be cultured enough to be uh, watching a program like MasterChef on the right night, That's I thought it. I should impart my, my freshly learnt skills to the viewers. And have you tried this out? And I have. You can In say fact, that it I works? did. Uh, yes, directly afterwards. Directly or, after the show. Albeit. And you only had one potato in the cupboard. I had the wrong style of oil. Oh. But, and I learned all about this now, go to your supermarket and pick up three large red skinned or Desiree potatoes and bring them home and block them. Now, blocking means taking the rounded edges off so that they just looks like a huge square cube. Then, like a Rubik's cube. Aren't you wasting have to a lot of chip then? Don't worry about this, JP. Let okay. me finish the story. Right. The reason why, and then cut it into, say, nine evenly shaped pieces right the reason being is because you will then be able to know they will cook at the same rate ah, and you won't have them little tiny crunchy ones that drive you nuts parboil parboil Par about eight minutes probably out of the ten minutes required to do them properly with a lot of water but most importantly make sure you cook your potatoes starting in cold water yes. always cook vegetables come from the ground out of the ground with cold water get those that come above the ground into hot water, something I didn't know until oh, the other that's day. That's clever. Okay. That's uh, an interesting yeah, one. It is. When they come out, put them on a plate. Now you need to think ahead about the best chips in the world, which we are going to be having tonight because we rate these chips here. Mm -hmm. Put them on a plate in the fridge for half a day. That dries the skin out. Yes, it will. Yeah. And make gives that that perfect crunch factor when you plunge it into peanut oil. Peanut between 130 and 140 degrees, which isn't too hot, 
Right. Because you would be frying fish at about 180. And you can get these little thermometers that go down the side of the saucepan and dangle there and set the temperature. Plunge them in and then use a an open shoveled sort of spoon yeah. and gently move them around and you will feel the crisping on the outside. Take them out of the peanut oil, put them on the toweling and douse liberally with a quality sea salt, perhaps from the Murray River. Yes, with it's a pink, pink tinge, although it might say its pinkness is going. Great, great chips. Is that right? So parboil first, just like you do if you want really good uh, roast potatoes viewers, you parboil those first before you put them in the oven in the fat. And no doubt the same, the same approach would apply to the drying out of those little potatoes. Well, exactly. Yeah. You've learned Pretty something good. yourself, haven't you? I have. You've so, done well. You've done very well. Now, I, I, used, I used a vegetable oil, so I will have to be trying again, and I did not have the ability to know the temperature right. um, of the oil. But what you tried was good. So far, so good. Excellent. Now, I learned a little trick on the weekend, too. For those of you who've got a hooded barbecue, um, a mate of mine had us around on Friday night for um, when I got back from Melbourne. Dinner with Robin. And um, he had these thick porterhouses, you know, about an inch thick. And uh, instead of just whacking them on the barbie and then putting them, you know, like, this, the standard procedure is stick them on the hot plate, seal both sides, and then put them on the griddle, or the grill, whatever you want to call it, and um, turn the heat right down and let them cook through nice and slowly. But David didn't do this. He took them out, he whacked them on the hot plate both sides, then he put them on the gr griddle as per normal, but he only kept them on there for about two minutes each side. Then he put them up, almost resting above the griddle on the barbecue in the little draining rack or warming rack, whatever you want to call it, and just closed the lid and walked away for 20 minutes. Well, it's the same as the oven, isn't it? It is, and it's virtually identical, but you get that nice cook on the outside, still nice and pink through the middle, but just cooked to perfection. So there's a good tip if, you're, uh, if you've got thick steaks that you're going to crucify the outsides of if you leave them on the griddle for too long, just whack them up there, close the lid, and uh, leave them there for a 15-20, and they'll just cook nice and slowly right through. If there was a 12-minute cooking time on the steaks, JP, yep. what's the rule of thumb for resting time? Usually you rest for about half the cooking time. Correct, that's 18 minutes. He is absolutely on the money. And, as a tip, turn the steak up on its end rather than on its sides. And that will reduce the flow out of the juices. Liquids. Yes. And uh, you might say, well, that's a little bit hard. I said, well... You don't, eat, steak. you don't eat crumpets anymore, do you? So you use that little crumpet holder and just <laughs> chop a few legs off, you know, whatever. Very chop good. Chopper. Chopper, chopper, chopper. Right, what else? Oh, yeah, V8 Utes. V8 Utes, absolutely. Well, hey, and our old mate Jackie had a great weekend. Well, he sort of he did, the, but he didn't. The, uh, the press release that I got today said uh, something to the effect of um, Chucky, uh, Chucky cries as... Jack hustles to the V8 Ute Championship lead. They don't send so, them to me because they hate me. Do they? <laughs> yeah. well, there after you go. I, after that, I reckon they Now he had a over. few ups and downs. He did well in the first race. That was in the evening. Uh, the reverse grid uh, was bad news because he had a bit of a coming together there with um, with our old mate George Medici. Um So uh, that put them both, they tangled and uh, put them both to the back of the field virtually. 
Um, but then he came good again in the uh, in the third race and got himself up to I think it was fifth or sixth. Um, Gary Baxter, in fact, stuffed his whole weekend was stuffed because uh, he uh, he had engine problems on uh, on the first race and uh, it just never got any better. So uh, so now Jack's actually in the championship, which is really good. That is good. Uh, I, I don't know. We're we going to be able to get up there for the uh, the round of Townsville. Well, we've talked about doing Townsville. I think I've inadvertently booked a, uh, a holiday with Bisbury's Vegas. Really? Yeah, at around the same time. The discount all that stuff on. <laughs> <laughs> the, the opportunities of going to, to, to Townsville. From the 4th till the 4th till the 11th of July, so uh, in uh, Crescent Head, so I thought... Right. So is that on your way back from Europe? No, or? not at all. In fact, uh, on... So how long are you actually in Europe? I'm always Tell the viewers I'm, what you're doing. Well, we've told the viewers before. Yeah, but I mean, you've got a bit more info now. Well, this weekend, um, tomorrow, I fly off to uh, Copenhagen and then to Padborg, Padborg Park, um, which is about three hours away, um, towards the western side of Denmark, to um, for a Porsche day, not to drive Porsches, where Porsche is being introduced to the Aquila uh, CR1 um, sports prototype. So um, that's why I put my race suit and helmet in there. Oh, very good. To obviously give it a bit of a go and see, you know, it's a, it's a car for amateurs as much as professionals. Um, so I'll try not to break it. <laughs> that's probably a good idea. <laughs> uh, and then to Anderstorp on the weekend for the next round of the Belray SSC um, Championship. Um, then then you know, London? Off to Slough. 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 You know there's nothing good in Slough, is No, there's nothing good at all. Because everything's close to the airport. There's obviously yeah, freight. That's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, pick up a Ferrari 430 Scuderia and drive it over to Le Mans uh, for a fair few days there. And, and now as a, as a guest of Ferrari Northern Europe, so that'll be, be nice. Catch up with the folks. He's a guest of um, Aston Martin. So uh, will he be there with his uh, old mate David Reynolds? <coughs> David Reynolds? Sorry, what am I saying? David Reynolds? <laughs> Yeah, David Richards is coming over to drive the supercar. Sorry, David Richards. Yeah, all right. Okay. (laughs) I stuffed up. Uh, No, you haven't. (laughs) It's just part of the day. Now, talking of David Richards, there was a press release that went out today that said that uh, officially they've applied to uh, join Formula One next year, Um, which, which was very, I mean, it was not unexpected news, but it's nice to have it all confirmed. And they're not going there to be an also ran, and they're not going there to, um, uh, you know, to make up the numbers. They're they're there as a serious competitor. Look, which, I've, so I've said know. this before, mate, and, and I'll say it again. I believe that there is a huge uh, future with, with with sports car racing um, uh, uh, coming up for other manufacturers, and the market now works for a, a business like Aston Martin to perhaps move into Formula One, and they have. They have the, the the backing and probably the infrastructure there in place. Well, I mean, so, ProDrive's definitely got the infrastructure, there's no doubt about that. It, it, it would have to be a commercial reason to be doing it because who knows exactly why Aston Martin really wants to do that. You know? Well, it's all about brand building, though, isn't it? I mean, Aston's really been coming back and coming back over the last three or four years. I, I do they hope were that totally it, in the doldrums before that. I do hope that it does not dilute their their you know their um, prototype P1 um, effort. Uh, and because uh, at the moment you're seeing like Peugeot and Audi and Aston Martin going up against each other, and that's why 
I, uh, I felt that Ferrari will will come back Comes in for the party as well. Yep. Uh, since uh, Luca, I'm getting it right, mate. I really yeah. am. I've been working on it. You Luca have. de Montalzilmelo. You sure you got the end bit right? Nah. No, <laughs> I get it right later, but I'm trying. It's a, I can't sleep at night. <laughs> but uh, to come in to be the Grand Marshal, so they're even laughing at you over there. That's right. Well, at least we've got some listeners. We have. Not and viewers. viewers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so then over, over to, um, yeah, to Le Mans, and it should be funny. I catch up with folks, have a bit of a laugh, do a bit of a show. Um, Alan Simon, we got so up with yep. Just do a bit of personal media. Doesn't look like I don't have to do much for Funbucker anymore. And uh, since they didn't want to cough, we'd kick the can for anything so they can get stuff. And um, <laughs> can you say that? I can because they're not paying. <laughs> and then um, and then back swapping cars into a 599 Foriano. Mm-hmm. Should be uh, should be good. So I've gone out and bought a new camera today, mate. Oh, did you? We're on well, tech now, viewers. Tech time. New camera. Well, I uh, wasn't expecting specifically to buy this camera. I've been looking, uh, viewers, at uh, a replacement for my Canon 20D, uh, specifically the 5D Mark II, but $4,000 and me not being a professional photographer. And I mean, think, when was the last time I picked up my 20D? If, I, if you'd seen me all the time with my camera around my neck, yeah. like an American tourist, you could have the San and I could have the Francisco on our shirts and we could walk together. No, don't say that. San Francisco. <laughs> no, so not get sound like a bunch of gays. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No. <laughs> Just scrub that, viewers. You didn't hear any of that. That's Lars Marsha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, there's an interesting thought. Yeah. He got mentioned in a dispatch today from Andy Molnar, of all people. Oh, anyway. No. Yeah, that, that's another previous yeah, life in story. But um, I thought, look, I can't really justify that. So I was looking for something that fitted between the XS75, which has really been great. And for, for those uh, viewers that have <laughs> suddenly become listeners and seen the video footage of some of the earlier shows, um, it was a, it was a cool camera. So what fitted in the middle? Well, it's a, it's the it's the professional compact called a G10, but mate, they're made of unobtainium. So suddenly I've got talked into a, a Canon PowerShot One S I X P R R. How many are? The PowerShot series has always been a very very. Cool, well put together uh, series. There's no okay, it's about got that. a 28 to 28 to 560 mil lens. That's huge. I know it's extremely useful, and it shoots full HD, 920 by 1080 pixels at uh, 30 frames per second. Um, has a remote control under a thousand dollars with it was under a thousand dollars with two eight gigabyte. Uh, cards. So you'd recommend it to any viewer? I don't who know. Wants to I haven't used it yet. It's not the form factor on a camera. But well, it doesn't want to lug loads of lenses and uh, all the other crap around. Mate, it does not hang in your hand like an iPhone does, or the XS75. No, well, of course. And not. we'll have to suss it out what it's what, what it's like. But we're talking about six years technology yep. on the Canon um, on the on the 20D. However, that 20D with its 17 to 85. Uh, lens will always work better in low light so you know to set up a tripod in pit lane as all the cars start streaming down there for their pit stop and you want to do that like the streaky lights yes, that's yep. the kind of camera you need for that so it won't it, it, the other that it won't camera, take place of that no, for all of because that they, stuff. they tend to not work so good in low noise but uh low I, noise I, or low light oh sorry low light <laughs> <laughs> which makes well, it and low noise but so they, be, work, they work better when they're not in the pits. But there'll be low like, noise with <laughs> be low noise with this new, the, the new uh, 
with this new camera. In fact, I could be the first, like the racing version of Paper Moon, because it doesn't have a microphone. I forgot about that. Ah, so you've got a bit of a hurried, uh, duty-free buying to do on your way over. No, I think this is another little trip into town tomorrow. To right. Go. Okay. Anyway, we'll we'll, uh, we'll let the viewers know what that's all about, and you know, and then back back, back after that to Copenhagen. And I don't know. Lars doesn't expect me to come back, but um, you know. There's a bit of a there's a bit of a, a deal breaker for him because you see I'm turning up with two bags, and um, do you think you can fit that? And uh, and my uh, my co-host from Bill's Magazine in Denmark's luggage into the front of a Ferrari 430. Well, this will be very interesting to see. Yeah. No, John, I do not want you staying here again. Colonel <laughs> Clink, sorry, it's Clink. It was Clink. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. So what else we got? Oh, mate, I don't know. Well, you got I your... think we're just about done. Mate, you we? must have something else to talk about. What do you about? mean, I must have something else to talk you about? Said you what about you? You did some things you wanted to yeah, tell me I... about pack print. Uh, no, I didn't. You said there was really yeah, something there was interesting. Some, there was a few bits and pieces about pack print, but there was nothing super duper Apple there. Apple silently upgraded their their 13-inch uh, aluminium MacBooks, MacBook. uh, not the uni bodies, with yeah. b- better screen technology apparently and uh, a little bit more performance for a little bit less price. Well, that's good. See um, that uh, Wikipedia has banned the Church of Scientology. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> Why not? Well, they got fed up with all the bickering because apparently there were these people up who were uh, be- because you can update Wikipedia in real time. Everybody was updating everybody. Everybody else. who hates the Church of Scientology was saying what a crock it was, and then all the per- Church of Scientology people were getting on there and saying how fantastic it was, and basically Wikipedia turned around and said, "We've had a gutful of you lot. You're off." I didn't, so that's know that, did. uh, I didn't know that uh, Mel, 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 uh, Mel, Mel, Mad Max Mel, Mel Gibson, Gibson was part of that. Oh, I didn't either, is he? Well, he was in a picture with, was he? with uh, Tom, not Hanks, Cruise. Oh, well now, so I never knew about that. I mean, I knew about Tom Cruise, but I didn't know Mel was that way inclined. And I'm quite shocked, really. He's a, he's a bit old. He is. He's definitely a bit old. He's gone on, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's gone very... Uh, the older he gets, the odder he gets. Went to the park the other day with the dogs. A very chilly morning. Yep. Uh, it, it was indeed. And the dogs was happy to da- go down there walking with her uh, new red um, dog warming jacket. Thing, jacket, jacket. But the full, full one with a pole in it. And yeah. it's a... a Greg Norman design. He Greg said it's, Norman. Yeah, it's got the golfy cross Greg Norman design long haired dachshund coat. <laughs> coat. <laughs> coats, all those coats. <laughs> well, I thought this was a bit of a wedgie show, mate. I it thought. was. Well, we just thought we'd better do a show, viewers, before uh, Johnny went away. So uh, it was never meant to be a, a long, involved, you know, uh, high tech lots of information one because it was sort of a bit of a spur of the moment thing because he's leaving tomorrow there's something so in the back of my mind that we have to talk about I is can't that really remember what it's about oh johnny the tech no no tech, no, no tech no tech now by about now oh the fogs. he says yeah the looking at his watch, i was going to say the fogs is yes. lo- you've got to you've got to love the fogs for his tenacity to be able to find um all the little key ingredients to get himself to Le Mans. Remember, calling yes. me a sports car tragic, and who's yes. someone who's going, you know, like, and not he was really that interested in sports cars. Well, he's managed to get himself 
Porsche to lend him a Cayenne Turbo. Oh, very for, nice. For David Richards to provide the hospitality at Aston Martin. Yeah. For um, a, a Peugeot to um, take him to dinner each night. And, and, and none other than Bernie Eccleston to provide him a hotel. Is that right? Formula One. <laughs> so there'll be plastic sheets for you. Fogues? Yep. You and your radio fogues. You're, yes, right. Hot yeah, fogues. Hot fogues, indeed. Hot fogues, hot fudge. Anyway. Righto. Cutting the grass of your woman over here. Absolutely. Well, so. Johnny, I'm, I'm wishing you a safe and happy trip. And uh, I'm looking forward to the show that you're going to be doing from over there. I only hope one of these years you'll be able to come along and get a leave pass. But uh, it's after not those, a leave pass, after it's the that, dollars. Mate, after those the comments, ATO's chasing me again. After those comments, <laughs> <laughs> they're not chasing me because I didn't get a stimulus check. <laughs> no, well I haven't yet. Um, but I got a bill from them for seventeen grand. Does that count? Oh, don't you hate that? <laughs> so uh, look after those comments of the of the Commodore. Yep. I don't, don't think you'd be allowed out again. No, oh, that's not very nice. Everybody had a bit of a laugh. Some didn't. No, there's always some. Yeah, some people just can't take a joke. That's right. So, uh, viewers, we'll see you in the sunshine, and no doubt I will have um, had a few schnapps. No doubt you'll have had something, at least. That's right, <laughs> and uh, be quite animated as I uh, probably talk to, to Lars Eric. Lars, yep. About the Aquila race car, and oh, that's what I was going to say, I forgot about Alan Simonson. What is the uh, pole at uh, Rockingham on oh, the good. weekend uh, and the second, second, second in one of the races and then let down once again by his co-driver. I mean, Christ, it's the same problem, you know, really. This is what he has got to put up with. And uh, so he's got to keep driving. And yes. I've been very tolerant about this, but we have to be vocal now and saying, look, if you're not fast enough, get out. Yeah, and, I think and, it's about and, time. and he drives to the front of the field and his co-driver's in Always different parts down. of the world yes. drag him down and it's very frustrating as much as he is a yeah. good driver yeah. to come from the back of the field but uh, you know come looking to Le Mans um, he will be uh, be turning up with Dominic um, Farnbacher and uh, Christian Montanari which, which is who he paired with to win the opening round at Barcelona so that augurs well um, and no doubt um, James Thompson, the multiple uh, British touring car champion, will be, be uh, teaming up with him with Triple Eight for the uh, the Enduros. Enduros, the, the PI. Good. I mean, again, you know, as much as I want to go, I, mean, I don't really want to go. We're better off staying home on TV. We're ringing between. Ringing. I wouldn't mind going to Sandown. It's not at Sandown. Uh, I mean, Phillip Island. I beg oh, your pardon. It's cold. Thank you, it's cold. There's nowhere to stay. Yeah, but it's later in the year, Johnny. It'll be warm by then. It's never warm at Phillip no, Island, but viewers. It'll be warmer. <laughs> anyway, next week, next how week. to cook the best steak? Yeah, from Europe. Danish style. Danish style. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good night, viewers. Good night, viewers. Hey, Jackie. G'day, mate. Hello, Keithy. How are you, son? Oh, mate, I hear you're leading the championship now. It uh, after Tasmania. Yeah, back on top, which is good. Um, Chucky's not happy. Well, the guy's had you. Exception. I had a really, uh, actually, raced really well, but race two got spun around by uh, my mate George Medecki and um, <laughs> pretty much went from sixth to last. And then, uh, obviously, that would have normally put me probably 
on about the fifth or sixth or seventh row for the final, but um, because there was a lot of guys ahead of me fall off all, so all had their own sort of uh, dramas. Started the third race at sixth and ended up finishing sixth outright, which was a, doesn't feel like a very good result, but I was pretty happy with it given that I had a 22nd in race two, so Paxton had a shocker, Cranbrook had a really great round, but um, what it all means is, yeah, back, back on top, I think I've got about 40 points or thereabouts um, on Cranbrook. Um. How did you find the second race where you were applying your new starting techniques or your other your qualifying techniques? Uh, yeah, no, the qualifying went really well too. I, I got more, but the, uh, the new setup actually is good. I was only, I think, about a tenth off the pace in qualifying. So, and there were, um, you know, there were three guys in front of me. So the, I mean, Simmons' place is pretty tight, and you know the. The, di- the, the differences between um, you know, lap times is fairly close, but it was really, really tight this round, which was good for the category. It just made the, uh, the racing, racing all that much more difficult. Um, after Winton, you sort of was uh, you were a little concerned that you were going to run into a bunch of races with a lot of straights, which would uh, favour the Holdens. Um, has uh, Simmons Plains told you anything about um, what to expect now? I suppose with Darwin looming. Um, well, these dogs have to, they will look at parity again, uh, which I'll do after every round, but there's still no question, the, um, the hold is still quicker in a straight line, so, but there's also a couple of other things which came out of the weekend, and that was apparently some of the, uh, some of the holding guys were playing, um, funny buggers and having the ABS hooked up, but then, so normally your, uh, the holding guys perform really well, didn't perform as well as what they normally would have because uh, they had to have the ABS turned off. So we have to take that into consideration and you know put it into their parity matrix for uh, for Darwin. Mate, it's a bit of a girls' night out here um, uh, at the the Alma Hotel. Uh, in fact, uh, this is um, um, what's his name? Rashudo owns this pub. The Roo, the AFL player, or a previous AFL player, and it's uh, oh, yeah, yeah. it's a, it's an absolute cracker spot. It's only just just down the road from my place, and when you come down next year, take you down for the best steak in the world. Is that right? Okay. Well, hey, it's, uh, classic, classic outlet. Yes, absolutely. What else is news? I'm now on the bus, actually. I've just arrived back in Sydney, so I'm uh, heading back to the uh, long-term car park and fill my car, go home and go to bed. Oh, right. You just... Oh, shit, of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, bit of a uh, celebration last night, was it? Okay. Bit of a celebration last night? Uh, not really, no. Not much to really celebrate, really. <laughs> so, Eric, Eric was there again, was he? <laughs> yeah, Eric was there. Eric was there. He's right next to me, actually. He's a good bloke. Happy, happy, happy to know. <laughs> hey, I like him. John Hart said to say g'day. Eric said to say boot it. <laughs> oh, Keithy. <laughs> Mike Llewellyn's here as well, and he goes, Where's my cash commission? <laughs> yeah. Alright, mate, yeah, thanks for making the mate. call in. I'm always good being out here on this bus, so I'm not going to let you go, but I'll, uh, I'll talk to you during the week. Uh, but uh, what, before I um, let you go, mate, to tomorrow, it's. Uh-huh. Uh, Jackie, yes, mate. tomorrow, um, going to uh, Denmark for the Belray SSC. Thought you'd be interested in that. You know what that stands for? SSC. No, I don't, mate. You think it'd be Sports Car Championship, don't you? It's not. It's the Salad Sandwich Championship. 
We'll speak to you soon, mate.